Welcome to another episode of 2A to B, or not 2A to B. What are we doing? It's third Yeah, <laughs> Not yet. Oh. <laughs> We're going to... So I'm jumping between Mandel and Crack the Core here, so I think I might do it Crack the Core okay. style and use Mandel to supplement. Okay. How do you feel about that? Great. In... <laughs> Why do you take your teeth out? Sorry. Um, so, infections in the immunocompromised. Okay. So the first thing to say is that immunosuppressed patients are susceptible to the same organisms that everyone else is incompetent. But there are additional weird and wonderful organisms. things. Exactly. Um, so so an immunocompromised patient with a focal airspace opacity is most likely to have like a strep pneumonia. But you need to consider if their CB4 is really low, a TB. And if it's not improving on normal antibiotics. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then, like, multifocal opacities have a wider differential that includes what are the, like, big ones we think about in immunocompromised patients. PCP, cryptococcus, aspergillus are, like, big things. Mm-hmm. Um, before I talk about those, I want to do something boring, mm-hmm. which is in a post-bone marrow mm-hmm. transplant... Mm-hmm. You get pulmonary infections in nearly 50% of people after their bone marrow mm. transplant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is often listed as the most common cause of death in this mm. population. You segregate the like chest the infections into early neutropenic, early and late. And this apparently often comes up in exams. Okay. Early neutropenic, early and late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um Before I talk about early neutropenic, early and late, I'm also going to talk about post bone marrow transplant graft versus host disease. Oh, yeah. So, in the acute graft versus host, um, which is the, so 20 to 100 days post transplant, mm-hmm. so the first like three months. Yeah. Have I done? First four months. Well, 30, 60, 90. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that actually is like favors extra pulmonary system so you get that more in skin liver gi tract yeah chronic graft versus host so greater than 100 days you get lymphocytic infiltration of the airways and a obliterative bronchiolitis oh it's just also grim no i mean the disease um so then going back to our findings of pulmonary infections in post bone marrow transplant patients Mm -hmm. Um, we said you have early neutropenic, early and late. Early neutropenic is zero to 30 days. Early is 30 to 90 days. And late is greater than 90. So I don't know why early neutropenic isn't just called really early. Oh, like, yeah, acute. <laughs> Super early, yeah. Um, so in early neutropenic, zero to 30 days, you get... Any thoughts? I don't know why I'd... No, don't worry. Um, you would get pulmonary edema, okay. hemorrhage, and drug-induced lung injury from the like new drugs they're taking. But I'm really confused. I thought we were talking about early neutropenia. So we were talking infection. Wait. Okay, yeah. sorry. Um, so then you can also get a fungal pneumonia, which is invasive aspergillus. Okay. Um, but I think they're saying that you can get these like extra changes in this like post bone marrow transplant setting yeah you've taken new drugs you yeah. get drug induced lung injury and then you can get pulmonary edema and hemorrhage that makes sense anyway yeah 
Um, so yes, fungal pneumonia is what you get in the okay. early neutropenic stage. In the early stage, 30 to 90 days, you get two of the classic... Bacterial. Mm, mm, not bacterial. Mm, no, not bacterial. You can get PCP and CMV infections. And in the late, greater than 90, you get bronchiolitis obliterans and cryptogenic organising pneumonia, which we haven't really spoken about those yet, but we'll come on to. Um, They're just patterns. The middle one, PCP and... CMV. CMV. That's what I'm going to say about that. Okay. I feel like we'll probably come back to that somewhere. In a question. In a question, exactly. But I'll just say it now so that if we're listening back, it's useful. Uh, Right. Uh, HIV-related pulmonary infection. Mm -hmm. Says in Crepticle, questions related to these are typically written in one of two ways. One, with regard to the CD4 count, Mm -hmm. or two, by showing you a very characteristic feature of an infection. Which I don't think they would add, but they might describe it. They might describe it, exactly. Um, So should we do by CD4 count Mm -hmm. first? So greater than 200. I've already told you one thing you might see. Oh, you, you're always going to think of the normal You're always going to think of the normal, so bacterial infections, yes. Yeah. And there's the other thing that looks different depending on your CD4 count. Yeah, abscess. I know. Lymph nodes. What's the thing you always forget? TB. Yeah. Back saying. <laughs> So greater than, do you remember we were saying that greater than 200? Oh, yeah, it's when you, you get, get the... Granu- like, granuloma, caseating granuloma, because you're getting an immune response. Yeah, but a caseating lesion, because you can get a calcified granuloma in any, yeah, as well, I guess, yeah. yeah. Less than 200, <laughs> you know, you might see, that's when you can start getting your the PCP weird and, wonderful. and your atypical mycobacterias. And, yeah. um, it doesn't actually say that yet, one moment. Uh, and then less than 100 oh. is when you get CMV, okay. get your disseminated fungal infections, and also the mycobacterial ones are still playing a game here, okay? Um, it doesn't say anything about cryptococcus, which isn't that helpful. Or um, aspergillosis. Or... Yeah, yeah, that's invasive fungal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is cryptococcus also fungal? Oh, yeah. yeah it's the most so. common fungal infection in AIDS patients. Yeah, that's right. We'll come on to it in a second. Um, so when we say fungal, we mean CM, um, cryptococcus and aspergillus. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about the CT pattern. So, you know, he said yeah. he can show you very characteristic yeah. infection patterns. Um, so if you get focal airspace opacities, what did we say? It's the most common. Focal airspace. Oh, well, just normal lobe pneumonia, strep. Strep pneumonia is the most common. But differential diagnosis should include... In one of these people... Um... What's the CD4 count? Yeah, it's low. Low. PCV? Mm, it's a focal airspace yeah. opacity. TB. TB. Thank you. I knew you didn't say it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <can> never say <laughs> it. <laughs> um, and then it says here, if it's chronic opacity, so you've got like yeah. one patch of chronic always been opacification, yeah. you've got to start thinking about lymphoma or carposis, carposis sarcoma. Okay. okay. Um, Tell me about multifocal airspace opacity. So then I'm thinking more like fungal. Yeah. Um, Aspergillosis, exactly. yeah, yeah. cryptococcus. Yeah. And PCP, that's fungal as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, and also bacterial can cause your like bronchopneumonias. So you can get these multifocal airspace opacities, yeah? And then ground glass. 
Ooh. An HIV patient. Classic. Buzzword. What's the classic HIV lung? PCP. Yeah. Oh. So it's going to be PCP, and it says if that's not a choice, it could be CMV if the CD4 count is less than 100. Okay. Fine. Um, PCP is the most classic. The, this is the one they're most likely to show you, and it's got ground glass opacities, dominant finding, bilaterally perihyla regions with sparing of the lung periphery. Yeah. And you get, we were saying earlier, another feature you get is cysts. Happy. Um, usually thin-walled and canoclar. The cysts are the pneumatocils. They're like multiple pneumatocils. Yeah. And they can occur in the ground glass opacities, like within okay. them. Okay. Um, I've got some high-yield trivia buzzwords. Great. Um, most common airspace opacity in HIV. Most common. As in what causes it? Yeah. Strap. Strap pneumonia. I can't keep asking you this question enough times. <laughs> I know, I'm only asking you that because I know an example. Oh, like, yeah. TB. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I'll be new sisters. Yeah. <laughs> if they show you a CT with ground glass. Oh, new sisters. Yeah, thank you. If they show you. In an HIV person. Yeah, these are yeah. HIV yeah, patients. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of these are HIV. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you see, uh, we haven't talked about this, but it's a good bit of yeah. trivia. If you see flame shaped perihyla opacities. I thought that this was also pneumocystis. No, this is Kaposi's sarcoma. Flame-shaped. Flame-shaped, yeah. I don't know Okay. Why. Um, I don't mean... I'm going to look that up. Okay. Because I can... Yeah. If you see persistent opacities... You're, th- you're going to have to think of um, lymphoma or sar- uh, Kaposi's sarcoma. Very nice. Thank you. If you see lung cysts, brown glass, and a pneumothorax... And a pneumothorax. Yeah. Well, like, initially I was thinking BCP. And pneumothorax. So is it not PCP? It is PCP. Oh, I'm fine. just adding in another fact that they okay. hadn't mentioned before. No. So sorry. Um, if- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just made me laugh. <laughs> what, that I'm messing with the system? No, that it added it on and I was like all confused. <laughs> Why am I flame like? Flame like. You still with me, or have you gone? Me? Oh, I'm still with you. you. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking for, you know, my capacity. Could you possibly look up for me? Yeah. Um, it says here lung cysts equals LIP, but it hasn't actually said what LIP is. Lymphoid interstitial pneumonia, oh, right. I think. Okay. Is that something that HIV patients get? It's it part be. of, like, the... It must be, but it's, like, part of the... It's another thing, it also causes, it, it's in our differentials for cystic lung things. Do you know, with lamb oh, and langerhans, it's like okay. the other, they're okay. all L things. Okay, fine. <laughs> so if it says lung cyst, and apparently it's associated with HIV. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So then that'll, yeah, lymphocytic interstitial pneumonitis. Okay. I said um, something else. Naughty. Um, if you see hypervascular lymph nodes, what's that a buzzword? Hypervascular. Mm. Is this an HIV person? Mm-hmm. Is it our usual? No. <laughs> huh. Hypervascular lymph node. You might also see flame-shaped perihyphosis. Like yeah. I was going to say it's something weird. Um, and it says here, all Castleman's. But I feel <gasps> when like have we spoken about Castleman's? Castleman's, I spoke about the small name yeah. in our teaching, but oh. we there. No, but we have. Um, Castleman's is when you get weird lymph nodes in the mediastinum for no other reason. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, and I don't know if it's particularly associated with HIV, so I don't know why they've written it here, but mm. it's good to know the hypervascular yeah. lymph nodes. So here, yep. rather than saying the perihilar flame-shaped, mm-hmm. they've just got multifocal consolidation with a flame-shaped appearance. But essentially, it's like spiculated. They look like fireworks a bit, I'd say, more than flames. <laughs> Maybe it was... No, CT didn't exist before fireworks. Or <laughs> flames existed. <laughs> Please excuse me. Flames, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, right. Let me have a quick riffle through here. Um, why is the incidence of PCP decreasing? Because we are um, sort of antiretroviral therapy. No, so it's not uh, antiretroviral. Well, I'm sure that is yeah. one of the reasons, but also um, we give routine prophylactic antibiotics. Oh, yes. As soon as the CD4 count drops. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so below yeah, 200 uh, PCP, below 100 um CMV, is that right? Yeah, yeah. but also you'd be more interested in PCP yeah, as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, classic CT appearance, geometric, perihilar, ground glass opacification, sometimes with crazy paving. Um, a normal CT rules out pneumocystis pneumonia, but the disease can hide in a normal chest radiograph. Ooh, that's a good little exam question, isn't it? Mm. Um, pneumocystis pneumonia has a propensity to cause upper lobe pneumatoceles which may predispose to a pneumothorax or a pneumomediastinum. Which that's is why that's added in. Yeah. Um, and a little bit about cryptococcus. Yeah. Um, it's the most common fungal, fungal infection in these patients. Which I'm confused because it's PCP not. Yeah. Perhaps PCP is just so classical looking, that's why we make such a fuss about it. But cryptococcus is the most common fungal infection. That's mad. But, you know, on all these requests, it's always like PCP. Um, pulmonary infection usually coexists with cryptococcal meningitis. Say that again, sorry. I don't... So the pulmonary infection usually coexists with a cryptococcal meningitis. Okay. And typically the CD4 count is less than 100. Okay. Um... It can have a wide range of appearances, ranging from ground glass attenuation to focal consolidation to cavitating nodules. It can also present as miliary disease and often associated with lymphadenopathy or effusions. So in an, in an HIV patient, I think you could put cryptococcus in everywhere if their CD4 counts low enough. Yeah. And that's more useful for the two Bs, I guess, yeah. for differentials. But also, it's annoying me, though, because it's merging into one. Yeah. A bit, but anyway, yeah. I'm just trying to see. The only thing I'm wondering is whether that might be American, because I think PCP is less common in the states or something like that. Maybe. I mean, they make such a fuss about PCP. We're not going to get our answers. Like, yeah. Just yeah, I know, but that's. I am interested though. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're ready, shout, and we can talk about my favorite fun guy. Aspergillus. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Cute. No, tell me. I'm ready. Attention. Yeah, I'm just trying to find out about um, PCP, but it's not very important. Sorry. <gasps> no, sorry. I'll move on. <laughs> um, overview of aspergillus. Okay. There's a spectrum yeah. of pulmonary aspergillus. Yeah. Can you tell me about the spectrum? One is ABPA. Mm-hmm. Who gets that? 
babies? <laughs> Who cares about that? Asthma. Yeah. Asthmatics. Asthmatics. People with bad asthma. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is always seen in patients with long-standing asthma. You okay. can also get it in CF. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then you get a classic sign with it. Oh, yes, the finger in glove. Yeah. Which makes no sense. Because what it looks like is like a hand or a gloved hand. When you look at the pictures, there's nothing about a finger in a glove. <laughs> I love how across you get about these It things. makes no sense. Either say yeah. it looks like a glove yeah. or a hand in a glove. But yeah. finger in glove. I think it's because sometimes you might see some of the airway still not impacted by mucus. So you might often get like a little ring. Okay. Just like your finger in a glove. Okay, I'm going to have to see. That, that I'm happy about. But the example they give. Yeah, the example they give is rubesh. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rename this the glove side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being so pissed off with this. I was like, to me, ages. And I was like. I hate it. You see, even these examples again it's done but think about it hand. but you can just think about it maybe like, that's annoying because that's the glove yeah sign. but ABPA. why is it the glove sign what's filling these Gunk. fingers Gunk. exactly um so uh i've slightly jumped ahead i wanted to talk about go back to talk about <laughs> the spectrum of pulmonary aspergillus so you get as we've said you get um allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis and that's an increased or inappropriate immune response. Yeah. That's what's going on, and that's yeah. an asthma or CF. But you can also get um when you get abnormal lungs or an abnormal host. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can get invasive disease in an immunocompromised patient. patient. Yeah. Okay. So then there are two types within the abnormal lungs, lungs. or abnormal host. Okay. Um, so abnormal lungs, can you think of any reasons why you'd have abnormal lungs and then the fungus gets in? Bronchiectasis. Yeah. No, that's the asthma one. <laughs> Stick lung that's disease. So, what's the classic um, aspergillus that we know of? Aspergilloma. Yeah. So, what's happened? Oh, you've had previous TB, for example, and you've had a previous cavity. Yes. And then it fills that. Exactly. So that's if you've had a cavity because of like TB, but also sarcoid. You think about and like I'm sure vagueness, or I'm not allowed to call it that. No. Polyangitis. Something, something, something. Granulomatosis this and polyangitis. Um, and that's when you get um, your fungus ball. And it's, a, and it's got a classic name. Yeah. The airspace around it. Yeah. Mycetoma. Mycetoma. Um, so that's what an aspergilloma is called. Yeah. You don't actually know it's aspergillus. Yeah. So it's a fungus ball. Yeah. Which is a mycetoma. But well, everyone calls, calls it, it an aspergilloma. Because most likely it's going to be an aspergilloma exactly. in our um, It's something population. called monod sign. Yes. M-O-N-O-D. Yes. Yeah. And that's air surrounding the mycetoma. And that distinguishes you from what? What's the other... Why is that called the monod sign and there's something else? And they look very similar. Is that if it's completely filling it? No. Tuberculum. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Don't worry. Okay. Um, so then that's if the abnormal lungs. What about if there's an abnormal host? Any thoughts? I'd never heard of this one. Abnormal host. So by that I mean if someone's like really debilitated, if they're diabetic, if they're alcoholic. Oh yeah, 
but not like a severely yeah yeah i can't remember so this is semi-invasive or chronic necrotizing acidulous and that can cause chronic consolidation and cavitation okay we'll talk about all of these again yeah um but also the 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 host diseases are like quite common didn't you just say like yeah yeah diabetes yeah diabetics do get weird things don't they that's true um, and then invasive disease seen in the immunocompromised. There are two types of this as well. And this is in really neutropenic or immunocompromised yeah. patients. Do you know either of those? One's going to be like fulminant. I don't know. They're both invasive. Yeah, so invasive. One goes into the airways and one goes into the um, vasculature. So you get airway invasive disease, which gives you bronchopneumonia, central ovular nodules and tree and bud nodules. Makes sense. And one's angio-invasive. And that one, you get the halo sign, which is your peripheral ground glass around the area of acute infection. Yeah. Or you get the air crescent sign. Which is confusing with the monad. Exactly, that's what I was trying oh, to say. Oh, sorry. Like yeah. A, that, they're different, but they look very similar. similar. yeah. And that's the air crescent sign is actually a sign of healing. Yeah. And that's when you've got like lung parenchyma that's become necrotic and have moved away from, from the area. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm going to talk about those in a little bit more detail. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about ABPA. Tell me some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Classically, you have upper lobe central saccular bronchiectasis with mucoid impaction. And the um, mucoid impaction, that must be the glove. No, that's the finger. The f- yeah, the finger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, long-standing asthma, CF. Patient presents clinically. Oh, and with ABPA, um, I'm guessing cough, fever. Oh, and do they get hemoptysis? No. Oh. They get a wheeze. Mm. Makes sense. They're blocking allergic off their airways well. and they're allergic. They get a low grade fever. They get a cough and they get lots of sputum because they've got really bad bronchiectasis. Um, but the sputum contains fragments of the aspergillus hyphae. Hyphae. I love that word. Yeah, I know. So do I. I'm, I'm glad you love that. Um, so, key findings on CT for an ABPA. You've sort of spoken about it, but tell me again. It's just the finger and glove mm-hmm. appearances. Mm-hmm. So, quite central. Yeah. Well, you can get like bronchiectasis to start with. Yeah. And then you can get this sort of central finger and glove appearance, which essentially is your blocked yeah. bronchial. Exactly. Um, so, it's classically upper lobe central saccular bronchiectasis with the mucoid impaction. Um, finger and glove sign is not specific to ABPA, and you can yeah. see it in segmental bronchial atresia. And other diseases, including cystic fibrosis. So annoying that. Um, let's move on. Tell me about uh, abnormal lungs. Abnormal lungs. So two types of abnormality. Mm, no, there's abnormal lungs. Or abnormal abnormal hosts. Host. Sorry, abnormal lungs. Yeah. Um, is like if you've had a previous uh, infection, such as TB, you've got a cavity, TB or sarcoid or polyangitis. Um, so, yeah, um, and you get essentially an aspergilloma within it, and you get your classic monod sign. Yes, um, it says in Crack for Call, which I'll read first, yeah. and then I'll read Mandel. Um, 
the way they ask this is pretty much always the same. They will show you a fungus ball mm. and they will want you to call it invasive. Don't. <laughs> it's not the same thing as invasive. They are totally normal people who have a cavity from something else. And another thing he's got in here is trauma can give you a cavity. Yes. I think I have read that from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in Mandel, it says, so you get this fungus ball in a pre-existing cavity it's mobile and it changes position. position yeah yeah um most commonly that it's tb or sarcoid but you can also get congenital anomalies such as bronchogenic cyst or sequestration post-infectious or post-traumatic pneumatoceles mm-hmm. um if it's symptomatic what's the most common symptom it's the one you wanted to tell me about Hemoptysis. Hemoptysis, exactly. Um, when a crescent of air is seen outlining the mycetoma against the wall of the cavity, the correct term is a monod sign. Mm-hmm. The air crescent sign is reserved for angio-invasive aspergillus. All right. So it's a curvilinear air surrounding the aspergillus. Which is interesting because I think someone said it the other way. Someone described it the air crescent sign. Naughty. Naughty. Um, and obviously you're looking, so if you see that aspergilloma or mycetoma, you can also look for like, you can be like, oh, and they've got apical scarring. So this is probably a cavity from previous TB, you know, so yeah. like other features. You're yeah. looking for. Very good. So then tell me about the host, uh, when you have an abnormal host. So in diabetics and stuff, mm-hmm. you can get, um, it's like necrotizing. Yeah. Semi-invasive yeah. necrotizing aspergillus. Semi-invasive chronic necrotizing. necrotizing. Um, and what do, what does that look like? Um, I guess with the necrotic thing, do you get like... So know. it says here that this is like the same sort of process as in um, pathology. It's like a reactivation TB. So okay. It's primary TB um, in response to chronic aspergillus infection. Um, so you get this like semi-invasive picture yeah um symptoms include cough chronic fever and less commonly hemoptysis but can be there and on ct you get these segmental areas of consolidation that often have cavitation a bit of pleural thickening it's a bit more diffuse essentially it's, more, and... it's like not really invasive but it's like not just in so you've got these yeah. cavities with like but don't you think eyes. that actually in practice if you suddenly saw two cavities in someone's lungs you'd be like this is already like you know it's not as if we see cavities that commonly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah, okay. I'm oh, sorry. It's all right. You can lie down, So on CT, the segmental areas of consolidation, often with cavitation, pleural thickening, and it progresses slowly over months or years. So I guess on serial CTs, you'd see this like slowly progressing, but invasive. So yeah. in my mind, it's like in a cavity, not that contained, then it goes into consolidation, then it goes into the pleural and thickens them. Yeah. I don't know. Way yeah, surely. About it. Yeah, well, I think that makes sense because we just said if you see a mycetoma, yeah. that's not invasive. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that one. Yeah, and then tell me about invasive disease in the immunosuppressed. So it can be like either airways or uh, vasculature. Yeah. So um, airways. Yeah. Um, what are we going to see? So invasive invasive airway aspergillus. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um. What does anything look like if it's diffuse bronchopneumonia or something like that? Yeah. And what's the other finding that's like classic endobronchial? Oh, um, 
dream bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this one. So it's a spectrum of clinical disease and ranges from bronchiolitis to bronchopneumonia. So you can get like okay. thickening of the airways Inflamed to like, airways. as you said, yeah. this patchy bronchopneumonia vibe. Yeah. Um, main CT findings are centrolobular and tree and bud nobule, nobules. <laughs> <laughs> nodules um if there's bronchopneumonia present the radiograph and ct findings are indistinguishable from other causes of bronchopneumonia such as staph aureus yeah fine tell me about angio invasive aspergillus this Did is the we big talk daddy. oh air crescent sign yeah this is the big daddy so that's when it's healing what happens um well this is bad because yeah. you're not invading into vascular ter- yeah, territory oh so this is the one oh who gets it um you got the last one as well the airway one immunocompromised yeah neutropenic yeah um and the angio one is the one where you can get is this the one where we said all the pulmonary stuff no i think i'm getting really? confused that we got like uh pulmonary venous obstruction and then pulmonary yeah. no god i'm no, really no. confused that's one of the like endemic Fungus. <laughs> Forget all Forget. about this. I don't know why I was like vasculature. Um, and Joe invasive. Well, it's, I guess it, is it going to be then spread by a blood, so therefore more miliary type of thing? So this one's actually, um, I think that like angio invasive is slightly misleading okay. in that it's um, it's like hemorrhagically infarcting the lung around okay. it. Okay. Okay. So it's like spreading out from its original point. Uh-huh. Um, you get. Oh, this is the one where you get the consolidation with the surrounding ground glass. Yeah. And that's yes, got a name. Yeah, halo sign. Halo sign. Um, so it's when you're getting inf- invasion and occlusion of arterioles and small yeah. coronary arteries. And I think that what that ground glass is, is that. Is it's the hemorrhagic out. component. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's severe. I was saying something like severe. Yeah. Um, oh, it's severely immunocompromised patients. patients. So chemotherapy, stem cells, solid organ transplant patients and HIV. Yeah. Um, halo sign represents ground glass attenuation surrounding consolidation, as you said, and that is thought to correspond to hemorrhagic infarction of the lung. Yeah. Uh, and there's some differentials for the halo sign. It's not specific to aspergillosis. Tell me. Malignancy. What sort of malignancy? Oh, like uh, hemorrhagic mets. Yeah. Kaposi um, sarcoma. Your fave. <laughs> My new fave. <laughs> um, viral infection. Yeah. Um, Naughty one, you mustn't name. Oh, um, granulomatosis <laughs> with polyandrogenes. <laughs> Thank you. And others, it says here. Oh, so great. Only if you were guessing. And then the air crescent sign. Um, must not be mixed up with the monod sign. Thank you. Uh, air crescent sign is sort of at the periphery and it represents sort of infarcted lung that's collapsing away um, and usually is a good prognostic indicator. It means the patient is in the healing phase. The recovery phase. Recovery yeah. phase. I don't know why I'm feeling particular about that. Let me <laughs> just have a quick look at uh, crack the call to check if we've missed anything. It says here, halo sign... Air crescent sign. The timing of the air crescent sign is usually about two to three weeks after treatment. Okay. Um, and also in invasive aspergillus. Yeah. So the um, angio invasive aspergillus, they could show you peripheral wedge shaped infarcts. Okay. 
as well as the air crescent blocking off the yeah yeah um there's something <laughs> there's a new thing here called mucor mycosis you ever heard of that no mucomycosis mucor m-u-c-o-r no mucor mycosis this is an aggressive fungal infection that almost always occurs in impaired patients what do they mean by impaired diabetes you usually think about mucor eating some diabetics face off but it can also occur in the lungs think about this when you have invasion of the mediastinum pleura and chest wall Okay, say so horrible so it's wild, yeah. But actually, we'll rem- with the face thing, that'll rem- make me remember. Eating a diabetic's face, that is awful. I don't love the sound of that. Um, I think that's all I have to tell you about fungal things. No, aspergillosis, specifically, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, aspergillosis and mucor oh, mycosis. mycosis. 